Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Though we're still far from completely being past COVID, expanding vaccination levels have made it possible to ease many travel restrictions. And along with the increase of heat and humidity, the arrival of increasing number of visitors reminds us that it's summer in Maine. That provides an opportunity to poke around in the Electronic Cottage archives to select some episodes that may still be very relevant whether to visitors from outside of the area or to regular listeners who might have missed them the first time around. So, put your feet up and, we hope, enjoy this Electronic Cottage Encore. Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Over the years here at the Electronic Cottage, we've noted that while we use our very convenient electronic devices, our devices, or more accurately, the companies that make them, also use us. The nonprofit organization Common Sense, in the case of video devices and services, has recently issued a very easy-to-use graphic report entitled, quote, Watching TV That Watches Us, end quote. On its website, Common Sense describes itself as, quote, the leading nonprofit organization dedicated to helping all kids thrive in a world of media and technology, end quote. In that spirit, the organization looked at five of the most common devices for connecting web services to our televisions and 10 of the most common streaming apps. Given our world today, it's a pretty good bet that one or more of these devices or entertainment services are used by a good number of listeners and their children. Common Sense took the time to read all of the information that these devices and streaming services provide, such as terms of service and privacy policies, and some things that they don't quite provide, and then rated each device or service indicating if common sense thought the device or service passed from the perspective of providing reasonable privacy to users of the devices or services, whether those users were children or adults. The site looked at five of the most common devices that enable connecting web streams to our televisions, Apple TV, Google TV, Amazon Fire TV, Roku Streaming Stick Plus, and NVIDIA Shield TV. So, how many of those devices, based on a top possible score of 100%, received a pass rating from Common Sense? 5 out of 5? 3 out of 5? Nope, 1 out of 5. Apple TV with a walloping rating of 79%. All of the rest received warning ratings, not all that reassuring for families that use these devices. Common Sense looked, for example, at whether privacy-protecting controls were enabled on the devices by default. That was true for Apple TV, period. All of the other devices came out of the box with privacy protections turned off by default. It is possible to turn them on if a user A knows that they exist and B digs around in settings to find the privacy controls and turns them on themselves. So, what else did Common Sense use to evaluate these devices? 
Well, Apple got a pass rating in part because, quote, Apple says they don't sell users' data to third parties, don't display targeted advertisements, and don't track users on other apps and services across the Internet. End quote. Google, on the other hand, quote, says they don't sell users' data to third parties, but they do target users with advertisements and track users on other apps and services across the Internet. End quote. And quote, Roku says that they sell users' data to third parties, target users with advertisements, and track users on other apps and services across the Internet. End quote. And we are talking, as we've mentioned in discussing smart TVs in previous programs, about a lot of users' data. What about streaming services, the things that these devices bring to our TVs? Common Sense looked at 10 of the best-known ones, and once again, only one got a pass rating. And once again, it was Apple TV. Of the other nine, Disney+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, HBO Max, NBC's Peacock, Discovery+, Plus, and Hulu all state quite clearly that they sell users' data to third parties and track users on other apps and services across the web. YouTube TV, owned by Google, Amazon Prime Video, and Netflix all say they don't sell user data, but they do use it to target ads and they do track users on other apps and services across the web. Seems like the title of this report, Watching TV That Watches Us, is pretty accurate. We'll put a link to this easy-to-understand report on the page for today's program at www.weru.org. Meanwhile, a group of researchers recently posted a paper in which they examined another electronic device that lots of folks use every day, the smartphone. Apple's iPhones, which have a market share of nearly two-thirds here in the U.S., are supposedly, at least to hear Apple tell it, much more conducive to privacy than Android phones. The researchers decided to find out if that is the case in a paper entitled, quote, Are iPhones Really Better for Privacy? Comparative Study of iOS and Android Apps, end quote. From the abstract of that paper, quote, In this paper, we present a study of 24,000 Android and iOS apps from 2020 along several dimensions relating to user privacy. We find that third-party tracking and the sharing of unique user identifiers was widespread in apps from both ecosystems, even in apps aimed at children. In the children's category, iOS apps use much fewer advertising-relating tracking than their Android counterparts, but could more often access children's location by a factor of seven. Across all studied apps, our study highlights widespread potential violations of U.S., European Union, and United Kingdom privacy law, including one, the use of third-party tracking without user consent, two, the lack of parental consent before sharing personally identifiable information with third parties in children's apps, three, the non-data-minimizing configuration of tracking libraries, four, 
the sending of personal data to countries without an adequate level of data protection, and five, the continued absence of transparency around tracking, partly due to design decisions by Apple and Google. Overall, we find that neither platform is clearly better than the other for privacy across the dimensions we studied. End quote. Well, isn't that a cheerful finding? We'll put a link to that paper as well on the page for today's program for those who might be interested. Bottom line, there can be a pretty steep price to pay for using the electronic devices that have become an everyday part of our digital lives. A price in personal privacy over and above the bucks we lay out to purchase the devices or watch the programs that Hulu or Netflix or whoever make available to us. We think it's fine if folks decide that the price is worth it to them for using those devices. But we can only make those kind of decisions if we know the full price that we're paying, not just the dollar price. And we'll do our best to make that calculation a bit more accurate, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. <laughs>